Boom. Hello and welcome to the Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast with your host, Byron Rogers. This podcast is dedicated to the executive protection practitioner, the private security professional. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the mental, emotional, psychological, physiological fitness that goes into being an efficient and effective executive protection agent. Whether you're in law enforcement, whether you're a mom that's looking at how to protect her children or a father that's focused on how to protect his family. I believe this podcast has something for all of you. We might even get into some tales from the crypts of true Hollywood stories from time to time. I'm doing this podcast because I feel the reality of this job is simple. If you really want to be good at executive protection, it's more than just a job. It really is a lifestyle. And those of you who've been in the game for any serious amount of time, you already know what I'm saying is true. So if that sounds interesting to you, Enjoy the show. Out. Boom. We are live. Got it. <laughs> okay. So some technical difficulties, but we figured it out. We're good to go. Right, right. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, I am live with Christian West of AS Solutions. It's an honor to have you here, sir. Absolutely. It's an honor to be here, actually. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Um, if you guys don't know, you should know, Christian West is um, is the founder of AS Solutions. Uh, he's been in the game since, I believe, night in the 80s. He started out um, in the game. Yeah, late 80s. Late 80s. That makes me old, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, but definitely, you know, you have that experience. That's vital, you know, stuff. That's True. what I'm looking for here, you know. But... Started out in the game in the 80s, um, working some Danish musicians, mm-hmm. uh, rolled with them over to Hollywood. So you got that international crossover kind of. Yeah, I did. Actually. I was uh, lucky enough to start my um, to start my career pretty much in celebrity protection. And then uh, from there, mm-hmm. I moved on to a lot of other uh, aspects. So I've done the whole tour life and all of that stuff back in mm-hmm. back in the days. Yeah, back in the days. And as I mean, I'm sure yep. it's a little bit more of a Wild West situation back, back then, too, you know. Yeah, it was a little bit. It was a little bit. <laughs> especially the people I worked for, they were a little out of control. So Yeah, yeah. And that, that kind of demographic of client can be, it's its own type of beast. It's its own animal, it seems. It is. Know? It is. But I actually think, um, looking back at it now, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like, not the renderings of an old man, but being in the business for a long time, you actually learn a lot from this whole celebrity game and you learn a lot from the touring world. And I think that um, I, I, I wish more people came into like corporate world and stuff like that with that experience. Yes. Because um, it, it is hard work. Mm-hmm. It is really hard work. So. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, because as I've looked at different details and experienced different things, the guys that have that touring experience, they understand the ridiculous hours, the clients that like are like cats that are like up all night and like sleep for a few hours during the day and then they're up and then, you know, you're getting off yeah. work at 7 a.m., <laughs> you know, and you got to be back there. It builds a flexibility and a work ethic and do more with less. Let's work with what we got. We got to move into your work ethic as a, as a security practitioner that I think the corporate, the stable corporate situation, you know, with all the lines and itineraries. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, you it's, it's different. It's a different mind field to navigate sometimes because if you have your um, daily routine and offices and around the principles a lot more and around the people around the principles, 
you have to um, sometimes step even more lightly mm-hmm. because um, it's much easier to kind of like, um, how should I say it, kind of become annoying or, or <laughs> say the wrong things or get involved in politics you shouldn't be involved in or, or yeah. whatever. So I think there are different, different challenges from all aspects of the industry. Yeah, that is 100% true because everyone's, it's, I think it's, it's seductive for humans to be attracted to want to be liked and be around someone who's important. Exactly. You know? And that's I was actually, yeah, that's very well put. Thank you. Cause I was thinking about it the other day and I mean, I was thinking, you know, kind of the, it, it is, it's seductive for especially new guys, you know, mm-hmm. they get a lot of value from thinking that the client really like likes them and that they have this relationship that they're building. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. We have a whole uh, <laughs> teaching section about um, how to not become the favorite. And it's yeah. so easy to fall into that trap because there's no turning back from it. I don't know of anybody who was able to um, be the favorite and kind of like backpedal out of it and just become a regular detail member. And, and you know, it's so, so sad because a lot of times uh, people are misunderstood and they think um, it's about FaceTime and it's about the boss, <laughs> the boss liking them and it's about um, yeah. them doing the moving and shaking and stuff like that. And uh, it's actually kind of the opposite. It's not about being uh, invisible. It's not about being kind of like um, out of the way, but it's about Mm -hmm. being there when you're needed. And besides that, not being a hindrance to what the client is kind of wanting Mm -hmm. and not change their lifestyle or or kind of become annoying. It's kind of like a a thin line to walk, I guess. That's the game. It is. It is. is. Like it's, it's beautiful to hear you say that because I, that's kind of always been my aim as well. It's like, I don't want to be the eye guy. I want to demonstrate value when the opportunity arises. And then mm-hmm. I want to fade into the background so that the client can live their life and feel uninhibited. And so to hear you say that is like, it's, oh. it's gospel, man. Dude, I got a whole, I got a whole spiel on that. It's also a question about, um, you have to remember that to be in this game in a long time, you mm-hmm. have to remember it's never about you. Yeah. It's so easy to sometimes feel it's <laughs> about you because you fly around the world, you get to do all this cool stuff, you kind of like fix all these problems and you kind of start believing your own hype. But at the yeah. end of the day, you go to work, you get paid to work and you should go home at night not thinking that you're a friend with the principal or family yeah. with the principal or whatever. At the end of the day, you get paid to be there. Mm-hmm. I think yep. that that's exactly right. I think uh, someone, someone said it to me and I'm sorry, I'm not remembering, but they said something like, you never really loved, you're more tolerated. And just whether that's true or not, just think of it that way. Yep. <laughs> you know, no, it's very true. It's very true. And one of my good friends said to me, "Hey, Christian, I worked in the same private office for 14 years. Mm-hmm. Right? I worked for the client for 14 years, part of a private family office, which don't have a lot of employees. So I get invited to all the functions, mm-hmm. and I get invited for." Um, for all the different things that goes on in the house. And every time I have to ask the boss, can I charge for it? Mm-hmm. Because it is work, right? Yeah. <laughs> every time he invites my wife to come over and stuff like that, mm-hmm. the guy, same guy also said, hey, can I charge for my wife? What <laughs> job do you want her to do, right? Yeah. It's not, it's not about his wife. And it, we all kind of want to show the good life to our family or to our friends or, mm-hmm. or whatever. But at the end of the day, that's not what it's about. Not if you no, want to stay in the game for a long time, that's for sure. Exactly. And one or two mistakes will put you on the wrong the wrong path. And I think, oh, yeah. too, uh, and I, I shot a video on this the other day, and I was just like, 
I guess if guys, so what's helped me is I just remember that it's a business, that this is business, you know, Mm -hmm. I have clients, I care about my clients and I want what's best for them and all these different things. Um, And there's that connection, but I mean, you've got to remember, guys have to remember this is business. If you're getting a paycheck and your compensation is worth what you're doing and the headache and everything and the hard work, if it's worth it, then be happy where you're at, you know, and no, you're very true. Service, you know, it, it, it's very true. And then the whole thing about being a business and stuff like that, don't get me wrong. I, 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 I care everything about our clients. It's all right. about, but it's about the client from the perspective of we provide a service and we provide a value right. and hopefully we can show them that we provide this value. It's not about providing a friend or FaceTime or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's guys, I've, Listeners, you know, uh, guys in the game, if you can get your set your expectations and if you can look at what we do that way, it's going to set you up for success. Disappointment results from misappointing your expectations, you know, and I see guys kind of get emotional and clients do things like, oh, the client doesn't even care about us. I'm like, clients not, I mean, we're employees, man. (laughs) I mean, like, about us exactly that's not I what we did if, if, if they were to move their schedule so it would fit us or fit our lives or whatever i mean if, if, if you think about it these people that we protect they worked most of them worked super super hard to get to where they want exactly and most of them are really really smart people and a lot of them kind of have learned to accept us because they need us mm-hmm. and we fill a voyage right i mean yeah. we're, we're there because we need it but don't go to the other side either and become a widow that kind of like don't say anything or can't smile or can't laugh or yeah. good morning or, or become the guy who sits on the jet and don't say anything because you were talk, told not to, to talk and sit and stare like this. Yeah. That's, not, um, it's horrible. That, that, that's not how it works either. Yeah. You know, one of those yeah. things, if they ask you something, be polite, answer. Uh, if there's room for it, crack a joke, be funny. Mm-hmm. Don't overdo it. Don't show kids uh, pictures of your kids from your last vacation or <laughs> right. get dragged into a conversation yep. about politics or, politics and religion <laughs> or guns or whatever guys get dragged into. Sometimes I'm like, oh man, because oh, no. you, <laughs> you will fall on your sword. You will. <laughs> oh, you will. And and I, I'm telling you, Byron, that I'm lucky enough to have have built kind of a. Uh, a, a, a relatively big company, so I have a lot of guys that work for me. So I hear a lot of stories where it went wrong. <laughs> I can only imagine. It's, it's tough sometimes to teach people because you can teach this in classes, you can teach this in courses, but uh-huh. you don't know how the conversation went. You weren't there. You don't know how the it acted. One thing I believe is that most clients are actually very good people. They're not evil or whatever guys make up in their head. Sometimes guys, or when I say guys, I, I mean agent. It can be guys or girls mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. They wrap themselves into weird conversations or, or they get yeah. put in a situation by themselves where they shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it's hard to get out of. So. And absolutely, you might say something like the uh, like right now it's in vogue to like something or someone or political yeah. or whatever. And in a couple of months, it might be out of vogue, and you might be. They might be. You know, you're now the bad guy because you were on the side of the thing that's like not oh, cool yeah. anymore. Exactly, exactly. So and then the whole know. thing is like um, a lot of clients remember well, right? Because they're smart uh-huh. people. <laughs> they remember yeah. it. I mean, I got a good story I always tell when I teach this about two uh-huh. of the guys that worked for me that were really, really good. And the boss wanted to buy a new BMW. And uh, he was talking to the two guys about it when they were driving 
him to work that morning. And he goes, I was thinking about buying this certain type of car in a long version. And one of the guys looks back and go, that doesn't exist in a long version. There's only the regular version. He goes, ah, okay. okay. So he buys the regular version. About two weeks go by, I pick the same boss up in Moscow, and I have the long version of his car. Oh, he, no. And he looks around, and then he leaves the room, and he goes, hey, Christian, uh, where did you get this car? And I go, at the dealership. And he goes, but it doesn't exist. Your guy in Denmark told me that. Oh, no. <laughs> and, you know, from that day on, the client was kind of like making fun of that guy who said it. Luckily, he didn't get mad. Yeah. But, you know, it, it came to a point where um, he was almost, hey, can I trust what these guys are saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if, yeah. if you say something, you better own it. Yeah, you better own it. I mean, don't overextend yourself. It kind of goes back to, I did an episode on 48 Laws of Power, a uh -huh. book by Robert Greene. Amazing, amazing book on social dynamics. Um, and I think that's, so when guys get on a detail with me, that's one of the books I recommend. Like, I look at it as like, training day like Lonzo's one of my alter egos <laughs> you know when I got a new guy on, on the detail with me and I talked to him about you know hey this is it's not about you your powers mm -hmm. with the team you know bring the average up cover your guys they'll cover you when you make a mistake yep. we'll make a mistake you know like we go through all these different things and that book that 48 Laws of Power helps you with those social dynamics a lot and this um, I think the next book I write is going to be social dynamics of executive protection and it's hey. going to cover this stuff right here because well, I, think this, I mean this is what gets guys fired this is what gets guys fired most of the time i think it is it is <laughs> i used to say that you can be the best agent in the world you can have done all the coolest things in the whole world but at the end of the day if you wear the wrong shoes on the wrong day and <laughs> they don't like them for some reason yeah it's hard man it's hard and it it's hard hard for me sometimes to save you Mm -hmm. So a lot of times it's better to move on to another client, but I then also learned over the years that it's always the same guys who wear the wrong shoes. So. <laughs> this is so true. It, it is. It is. It is. It is. It is the best job and the most unfair job at the same time. <laughs> That's so true. It is, it is. the best it job is. and the most unfair job because the highs are so high when you do your job right and you know you've got oh, yeah. access and it's so beautiful and you you're taken off from an amazing trip and it. Another oh, yeah. country on the jet, and you know the cook is bringing you what you need, and everything's happening. It's so beautiful, but when you put your foot in your mouth, and car yep. drives rides in cars and planes are really the dangerous places because you're. Oh, they are. It's like they are. You know, the client. <laughs> a lot of times, you even get blamed for stuff that's not your fault. Right, but how do you but, deal with it? You know. Well, you know, you just suck it up and go kind yep. of like, yeah, well, hey, and then whenever they might come back to you or whatever, and maybe you just have to, to eat it or, or whatever, it. but mm -hmm. it is. It's the most unfair thing, and you can be like <laughs> that almost battle high in the morning, and then something goes wrong in the afternoon, and it's like, mm -hmm. and, and it can be the weirdest things. It can have been a long day, you know, and you walk the principal to his room and whatever, and the key don't work. <laughs> and like, that's yeah. not my fault, but of course <laughs> it's your fault when you're standing there and he look at you like you're an idiot or whatever, right? So Exactly, exactly. That yeah. is so true, man. Murphy, Murphy, he's got a baseball bat sometimes, man. Yeah, so I mean, that's really one of the reasons that I, I really, I mean, obviously I, I've always been interested in what you've built and things like that. Mm -hmm. and I've seen your videos and I respect your your opinion and everything, but something I notice is, 
I mean, you have the full gamut of experience, you know, mm-hmm. from even the nightclubs and bouncing into, mm-hmm. you know, the uh, VIP, the celebrity stuff, into the tech stuff, um, into even working the covert stuff, into mm-hmm. the uh, success as a business owner, which is like kind of the, as far as I can perceive it, full evolution of of, of a security practitioner, <laughs> you know? Well, uh, I don't know about that. I mean, I think there's still a I'm lot sure of things still. to evolve into. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. I've done a lot of stuff, but I've also been doing it for a long time. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I've been doing this for a living pretty much since I was in, um, in my early 20s. And um, I've been lucky enough to work all over the country, uh, well, all over the planet. I mean, literally mm-hmm. all over the planet. Uh, I've been involved in, I guess 70 full-time programs, one way or another, helped build them, wow. been part of them, ran them, been a consultant, troubleshooter, um, wow. stuff like that. So I've been super lucky, but I think um, as we kind of go on, time for EP is kind of uh, getting better and better. Yes, I think it we evolve into a real industry, which would probably mm-hmm. be the biggest thing for me to see is that um, we actually become a real industry instead of the weirdos that are hiding under the stairs or, or <laughs> weird guys in the closet that they only want to pull out if something happened or whatever. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's kind of funny because for us who's been in the game as a business owner for a long time, things are changing rapidly. I mean, the last two years has probably been the most eventful in changes. And I think we're just at the tipping point of, of seeing a lot of new things come, come into EP. So yeah. it's exciting. It's very exciting. I I have to agree with you entirely. I've only been here for like 10, you know, 10 years, but I mean, even for me to get into the game, it was a game of who you know, who you knew, okay. <laughs> you know, and there was no real career path. There's no benefits. There's no, you know, there's no recognition even. You're just the oh. guy that showed up before. You're almost better off just saying you're someone's handler or, <laughs> you know. Well, you know, I think um, we can learn a lot from that actually in the future because if, mm-hmm. If we could have called ourselves something else than security, we probably should have. But yeah. we're in it now, and, and it's a question about us building this industry. But a lot of times what we do is logistics, and we do all of these things, and security is really a small element of it. We yeah. achieve good security by doing all the other things, right? 100%. But, uh, security sometimes holds us back because we look at everything from a security angle. Right. right. I, yeah. I would completely agree with you. It's like to do this job well and to really demonstrate the kind of, the kind of value that's going to give you the rapport with the client you need. You've got to mm-hmm. be good at so many other things and managing and facilitating just the movement, oh, yeah. concierge, and even the social dynamics being around the client without being too stiff, but without hey. being too flexible, or too loose. <laughs> you, you know, you, you sit on the bus and, you're the, a tough guy or you're with thinks that she's gotten fat and starts crying or <laughs> yeah um, it was a really bad show and they all get yeah. sad or it was a really good show and then they cry that it was a really good show yeah, and you sit, yeah. You go like you know. uh, i wish i had a cheer channel that i could turn on and off but you don't want to be kind of like <laughs> the weird guy at the end of the in the end mm-hmm. of the bus or whatever and it's also a question about there's so many things and you know better than i am like, how do you place yourself on the bus? How do you That's place true. yourself on the bus? <laughs> how can you get off before the other people? And how can you get on as the last one? As the last. Feed and yeah, all of these a- things. And it's not about you being a antisocial or being a widow or whatever, no. but it's like if you somehow get 
sucked in the in the of, of it, yeah, get kind of placed in the middle. I mean, it's expected <laughs> that you're part of conversation, and a lot of times you don't know anything about what these people are talking yeah. about. It's, it's interesting. It's very interesting. It's a survival of it's a so, the social dynamics, man. The survival of that is it's it's really what makes or breaks a guy. It um, is. It is. It and is. Yeah. That's so funny. Where to sit? What to sit? Where not to sit? You know. They get a call from an ex-wife. Now you gotta like you 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 you, you like the wrong color. That was her f- favorite color. <laughs> Your skyline, you know, because it's humans. You yeah. know, it's humans. Oh yeah, and then um, there's all the things that you have to um, kind of like overcompensate for, right? Mm-hmm. This is not a a big man's game or a small man's game or a skinny man's game or a fat man's <laughs> game or whatever. Yeah. But if you are any of those things, you kind of have to fit all elements. And some people yeah. talk very loud, some talk really low. And mm-hmm. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. It's it funny. It's, funny. And I, I, I look at guys and they, you know, like you get, you get the understandable questions from people that are just getting into the industry or, you know, people that look and they're like, well, what's it like? And they think it's about like guns and all this stuff. And I'm like, man. <laughs> like, no, but when you think about that even that's also a funny thing Byron because mm-hmm. most people who get into this game and especially the people who've been in it for a long time we all got in it because we either wanted or had some hard skills that we thought mm-hmm. were needed right right and then we got into <laughs> it and figured out it's all about the soft skills but every time yeah. people go out to train we go back to training our hard skills which yeah. is the one that we, we use the least yeah right? yeah and I guess it's just nature of who we are or whatever, but I really think mm-hmm. that that is something that in the future we really have to get better at because yeah. um, just finding training in what we've been talking about for the last 10 minutes, mm-hmm. it's very hard. It's very yes, hard. It is. And it's very hard to learn from a book or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I would, yeah. Because, I mean, for me, it was baptized by fire. I saw guys when I first came in the game on, on a detail just making small mistakes gone. Like, yep. I mean, a client offers him salad. Now, this one was obvious. Client offers him a salad. He says, I don't eat rabbit food. Gone. <laughs> you know, like that one. I was like, oh, well, we were interviewing against each other in a dinner situation, you know. Oh, yeah. And him yep. at the table. And, um, you know, that could have been fun, funny the day before, but if the mood is wrong, <laughs> like. Done training. Yeah. Take a knee, face outboard forever, <laughs> you know. Uh so I had um, a I had a principal who um on his retirement tour looked at me and he goes, Hey Christian, I know I've been hard on you all these years, but um you know that most of the stuff I yelled at you guys didn't matter. It was just because I couldn't yell at everybody else because they were kind of like getting really sad. And I go, Oh, that would have been nice to know. And he's like, ha, 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 ha. It's like God damn it, because all these years we felt that he was yelling at us for stuff we didn't do and whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's funny. I, same thing. Like I had a client that literally, I I started to recognize it and and played to it, but he uh-huh. just wanted to blame me for things when things were going wrong, and I just decided yeah. that was okay, and and he loved me for it. <laughs> you yeah, know, exactly. exactly. You know, just blame it on Byron. You know, and I yeah. just was like, yes, sir, yes, sir, and he was like, okay. Yeah, I, know. I know. I mean, I should have fixed the weather, but uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I, I didn't get around to it yesterday, right? You know what I and and the movie that always kind of reminded me of what we do is the Truman Show. I don't know if you remember the Truman Show, but you're managing everything. Yeah, you're managing everything. You're managing 
as much as you can and Truman's just oh, yeah. walking and you're just like everything around him. You're doing your best to just keep it all, you know, you're juggling. Is it raining? Do you want it to be raining, sir? <laughs> you know, <laughs> type of thing. Well, if not, I mean, I'll make it rain. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll I'll make your- <laughs> I got it. I got it. It's yeah. kind of this, that, but it's also kind of like this self-reflecting um, world that's been created, right? Because a lot of these people, haven't opened a door themselves in a long time, right? Yeah. Because doors just magically opens when they kind of walk up to them. They don't carry a wallet because they don't mm-hmm. need to pay for anything. It's like that is they don't true. do phone calls because when the phone rings, somebody hands them the phone, right? It's um, <laughs> yeah. It's really really interesting, and and a lot of times if you then take all of that and then figure out what what these people have created, what kind of monster companies or monster successes. Yeah, and you as the insider see the price that these people pay. Mm-hmm. You understand completely why they can be impatient or they can be the way yeah. that times are because they're typically high demanding but mm-hmm. not unreasonable. But I mean, don't but, don't feed bullshit because they'll call you on it and they'll see <laughs> it and stuff like that. Yeah, right? and that yeah, and man, this is so much here. That is one of the biggest jumps mm-hmm. um, that I think a lot of people have to make from understanding the very reasonable reality that we live and have lived for what, you know, 30 years getting into this game when you're getting into this game, you know, you can't just do this. You can't just do that. No, the client can just do that because either they'll hire someone who can do it, (laughs) but in their world, they are a powerful enough person to make that happen, make that demand, make that request. And, and it's real. And they're wondering what your problem is. Yeah, exactly. And it's also, um, you know, one of my favorite questions from outsiders is this whole thing about um, do they really need all this? Is the risk really that high? Yeah. And I usually look at them and I go like, do anybody really need a Ferrari? <laughs> Probably not. But if they want one, they should buy one and they should have one. And if they want five, more power to them. Right. So sometimes if they, if they want it, they should have it. And if it makes them feel good, why not? You know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's a that's a fantastic question. It's irrelevant, really. You know, that's a fantastic mm-hmm. answer to that question because we get hit with it that is, all the time. But yeah. a lot of guys are also. I have another funny one that's really funny for the guys yeah. who get into the industry. They're mm-hmm. like, "So, hey, Christian, how do I get on one of your um, details? How do I get to work for this guy? And how do I do mm-hmm. this?" And I usually go, "Do you have a driver's license?" And he goes, "Yeah, I do." So when you got that driver's license, did you go to a Ferrari and ask if you could drive their Formula One car? And they go, no. And I go, why not? You're totally qualified, right? You have a driver's license. <laughs> and they look at me like, what do you mean? I mean, you kind of went to one week of training, and now you want to go and protect uh, one of the most visible people Powerful, on the planet. High has base, yeah. And has all these big details and stuff like that. Maybe you should start somewhere else, you know? Maybe you should start at a lower level and not aim that high. But on the other hand, you should always aim for more and you should always aim to kind of like thrive yourself yeah. and stuff like that. But I kind of like the whole thing of uh, people doing the one-week training and then they kind of think that they're ready for everything. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, I don't have a formal background. I wasn't in the military or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I started, as you mentioned, as a bouncer. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of things you can do to work your way up, right? And Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with being ambitious, but it usually goes well with humble. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. No, I love that because I think, I think, cause in this game, if you develop, if you find yourself mm-hmm. in a position that's beyond your development, 
I mean, you can make, you're, you're going to make, you're, you're not going to survive it. <laughs> you know, it's very, you're going to need the grace of God to survive that, you know? And I think that that is, I think that that, I think really I have, my childhood was very, I had a, a childhood that was very much like I had a disciplinarian parents and like I learned a lot of discipline and I learned a lot of respect and I learned, you know, I was raised by my mom. So I was kind of very sensitive to her moods and where she was at to survive in my home, you know? Um, and I think it really prepared me for the type of social intelligence I would need to make it through my first, you know, job. But, uh, I think that the best way to grow in this game is really to work everything, work everything and learn from the different stages that inevitably come as, you know, you have more success, you get good at what you do good enough for someone to, then recommend you to do something a little bit better and a little bit more. And then you get to that next level and you make connections in that realm. And then kind of, there's like a natural succession that, uh, and development that happens. I think there is. And I think um, there's something to be said about that as well, because everybody can learn something from a lot of other people. And you can learn a lot of people from a lot of things from the people who came before you mm-hmm. and a lot of people who are already on the detail. And actually uh, I listened to one of your podcasts with you and Elisha. Oh, that was a good one. Oh, it was. And Elisha is one of the smartest people in this game. All respect to Elisha. And, and, and yeah. one of the things I really, really, really like that he put very well is the whole thing of um, why we always have to blame other people for what goes wrong. Mm. Right? We always yeah. have to kind of like point fingers Find at all the people and, oh, they should have done this and they should have done that. And I'm actually the biggest advocate for not doing all of that because at the end of the day, you can only do as well as you can that day and you can only do as well as with what you have right now. Yeah. Because it's right. So mm-hmm. just like the people who were um, kind of being negative towards uh, the guy who was doing uh, the Kardashians doing the robbery and all of that. Yeah. yeah. He should have had more people. Yeah. He shouldn't have done that. But mm-hmm. you know what? Anybody who worked this game a long time knows that we get put in these situations and you do the best you can. Yeah. Right. And yeah. You're never going to hear me complain about that. And I think a lot of people who gets into this game should really listen to this because you can mm-hmm. talk shit and, and talk bad about people and stuff like that, but it really mm-hmm. gets you nowhere. Mm-hmm. It gets you nowhere. Yeah. I agree 100%. And you don't know the variables that he was dealing with. You don't know. Because uh, to me, in my mind, because we've all been, if you've been in this game long enough, you've been in situations where you're like, this is not the safest way to do this. This shouldn't be happening the way this is happening. But it, it does, but right? But it's about to. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yep. And I'm about to roll these dice and do the best I can with what I have. And, and it probably went right like 10 times before. <laughs> exactly. For years, a right? 100 times before that, nothing went wrong, which is why the clients believed you know what? You should go out with the other two, and it's fine to leave her in this maxim in the secure, well-known hotel. You yep, know, and then exactly. and then you say something as the I wasn't there. I don't know what happened, but as a practitioner, maybe you say, "Well, maybe we should have someone at the hotel." You know, or or maybe we should bring more than one guy on this trip. And they're like, mm-hmm. "Look at you, like you're crazy." <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and now but, you know your job's on the line, but you had to kind of mention it a little bit. You know, well, you also have to push for it sometimes, right? Because that is yeah. one of the thing that, um, if there was one thing I could change in the executive protection industry, mm-hmm. it would be that people um, didn't look at it like every job is their last job. You know, a lot of yeah. people are so afraid of their jobs that they spend more time protecting their job than actually doing their jobs. Their job. That's big. And I think that um, a lot of times 
if you measure success based on not being in trouble, mm. you're going to have a troubled career. I wow. like to say that if you don't push the bar a little bit every day, uh-huh. and kind of goals to where you want to take the details and put out some goals for yourself, right? Then yeah. you're not going to go anywhere. I used to work this one detail for one of the most powerful people in the world. And we used to live mm-hmm. under the assumption that he didn't want anybody on the front right seat. Right. Okay. <laughs> because we've heard that from somebody. He wanted us in the back cars, only uh-huh. in the second car. Yeah. One day my buddy looks at me and he goes, Christian, this is probably going to be my last day. But when the car pulls up, I'm going to jump in the front seat and then we're going to see what happens. And he did. And you know what the boss said in the back seat? Mm. He said, uh, hey, when are we going to be at the next stop? And he said, three minutes. And the client said, thank you. <laughs> That's so good. You know? That's so good. Pretend about nobody has ever asked him if he wanted somebody in the front seat. Mm-hmm. So years go by and his secretary um, kind of have her retirement party and she yeah. was really close with us. And she goes, so is there anything you guys want to ask? And we're like, oh, yeah, what about this? And what about this? And we bring this one up. And she goes, yeah, that's true. He said he didn't want anybody in the front seat for this one movement because he needed a fourth guy in the car and he could sit in the front seat. In the context. She didn't know how that turned into us not wanting to be in the front car, but she didn't know and <laughs> understand protection. Yeah. And we never pushed it with her, right? Mm-hmm. So for about a year where we didn't ride front right, it was just because we assumed that we couldn't do it, we couldn't do it, and we were all yeah. afraid of pushing it a little too far, right? Yeah. That's... A lot of times that happens. It's, it's a true story, and it's, it's kind of interesting. And I always remember that as, as part of my career. So. That's, that's fantastic because it does happen. Like, these little, like, legends happen. These little, like, like, we're, oh, like yeah. you know, these, we're like these little minions sometimes, and we're like, no, but boss doesn't want this. And this whole kind of, like, legend gets created out of it. Like, like the oh, monkey, yeah. there's a science experiment with these monkeys in the cage. And like they try to get a grape and they get punished for getting the grape and they keep getting shocked when they try to get the grapes. So yep. then after a while, no one gets the grapes. And then a new monkey comes in and tries to get the grapes and the old monkeys beat them down because they're like, we're not getting shot because you want to get the grapes. And this yep. really happens on details. And it does. It does. I mean, I, I have this teaching where I go, so the client gets a green pen to write something and she goes, oh, this is a really nice pen. And in the background, you can hear all the handlers and stuff go, we only need green pens, only green pens, only green pens are out on the plane. Yeah. And it's yeah. Like, she just thought it was a nice pen. It wasn't that all pens has to be green, right? <laughs> this is this is real, man. And I, I I also had a guy, a buddy on the detail, and he just he for some reason it wasn't me. I didn't have the balls like this guy had. But he, <laughs> I was kinda like, Okay, cool. We're only yeah. green pens, I'm good. But he was yeah, always, yeah, yeah. always hey. like, We're gonna kind of I don't know if trains the right word, not train the client, but like make a bed uh, that we're able to sleep in that makes it so that we can do our job better, you know, Mm -hmm. and there's a lot to be said, I think for, um, and it's really a way to demonstrate value with the client, you know, the types of questions you ask and the types of things that you try, try to implement really say a lot about your intelligence and your mindset and what you're trying to do, you know, if you're always just quiet all the time and being a yes man all the time because you're afraid of getting in trouble or losing your job. That also says a lot about your intelligence level. It, 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 it does, and there's nothing wrong with that. But mm-hmm. there has to be something, and, and it's really interesting when we um, build teams that has to be protective details. Mm-hmm. We tend to um, not learn from other people, right? And when mm-hmm. we look at the corporations we work in and stuff like that, 
they had this whole thing on how do we hire a team. And if we look to like football or sports mm-hmm. that we know, we know that you need a quarterback. You can only have two star receivers. You need a really good yeah. running back. You need a lot of linemen that can block, right? Because without the linemen, the quarterback can't get the ball out, right? So it's kind yeah. of like we have to build our teams the same way, but we tend to forget that because um, a lot of times we're not experienced in hiring people. So yeah. we hire people that we like, right? And yes. we think that would fit in. But not everybody fits the same. And a lot of times people are afraid of talking a little bit about the elephant in the room and say, hey, we need this guy because he's really good with the EAs or we need somebody who's a really good salesman for the team or we need somebody mm-hmm. who has the right image or, or whatever. And a lot of times people tend to forget that when we build the, these protective details. That's so true because uh, we look for uh, a bunch of type A personalities like ourselves or something, um, yep. and, and that doesn't always work so well, you know? It does not. <laughs> it does not, and I think it kind of brings me on to another kind of topic that is big is play your position, <laughs> you know? Um, That's true. You know, everyone wants to be, and Elijah, Elijah dropped this, this, and it-, it I blew, love that part, too. When he says the- uh, <laughs> Uh, executive protection agents. It's like Highlander, you know. It's like yeah, Highlander. Exactly, there can only be one. Yeah, that killed I me. That. Um, I died a small death laughing at that because yep. it's so true. And guys forget to play their position. I survived as long as I did in some high friction details because I was so good with being second in command or being a ghost, you know, and oh, yeah. doing everything I could to support the guy who's in the high attrition, high friction spot of detail leader and has to do that face-to-face interaction with the client, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and just throwing credit and showering uh, as much support to him as I could and leading from the front, telling oh, yeah. him seeing in front as often I'm, you know, I'm out there on the ground feeding him information, trying to make him shine as best I can. And that, you know, rapport that I gained with him from always trying to help him he then takes care of me in the ways that he can with whatever it is, whether it's scheduling or the spot I want, whatever that is, because yeah. we have that reciprocal relationship because I'm playing my position as best I yeah. can. You know? That's also how you get the experience to, if you one day want to be that guy, uh, mm-hmm. to go there. Yeah. And you know, a lot of people tend to forget that there's nothing wrong and not want to be around the client. Actually, yeah. you want to be the dance guy or you want to be the driver or you want to be the event guy or whatever you want to do. I mean, as long as you do the best you can, there's nothing wrong with that. EP is not all about um, walking the formation with the boss or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, being that. Yeah, no, we you you need guys on a detail that are all about playing their position, that are like, you, do. you know, like, and man, a good advance is, is so crucial, you know? Well, it's, it's kind of like, I don't know, 99% of what we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So that's that's big, man. So then I guess with with regards to the term executive protection and everything that you've done and seen for someone coming into the game or just for someone trying to wrap their mind around it or for someone who's been in the game, if you were going to sum up executive protection in, you know, you can't, I mean, try to boil it down to like one word, but then also in a paragraph, like what would you say it is? Well, <laughs> <laughs> No, it's actually funny because um, I, I, we, we spend a lot of time formulating this um, yeah. based on um, if you try to grow a company, you kind of uh, get hit with a new set of challenges. Like how do you get your DNA out? How do you get people 
speaking and thinking the way that that you want and it's yeah. easy if it's the detail you're on or the detail next door but how do you get the guys in china to do the same thing that works for you wow. so you kind of have to to find some words and for us i can't do it in one word mm-hmm. but for years we kind of like played with different ways and we came down with the whole thing of safe happy and productive okay and that's yeah. really um that's really what what we try to live by right of course we have to keep our clients safe but the only way we can do that is kind of to keep him happy, him or her happy at the same time, because else we won't be allowed to do our jobs. Mm-hmm. And the best way to do that without um, just playing to their moods and whatever is actually to keep them productive. And it goes for pretty much everything we do. It goes for the celebrities that we do. It goes for the corporate clients. It goes for pretty much everybody. People don't like to waste their time, right? Mm-hmm. And I use this example. I mean, I can't fix traffic in Nigeria. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah. Traffic in Nigeria. But if I get the client in the car and the internet all of a sudden works in the car, there's cold yeah. drink, the air condition is at the right temperature. It's kind of familiar, right? It makes them kind of like relax because they're in the environment that they like and they see the same environment in every car they get in all around the world, right? Yeah. It makes them productive, maybe productive fingers, maybe they can relax, which makes them productive later on. And that usually makes them happy or whatever. They come off a long flight, they get in to, to Lagos and we all get stuck at the bridge or whatever in the traffic jam and it's it's horrible in every way but if things kind of work and they feel good that that kind of works so for us it's the safe happy and productive yeah safe happy and productive and I agree yeah. 100% because uh, I think even if I was going to boil it down to my experience uh, as you know managing the security contracts that I'm starting to manage and the things that I'm doing and just the type of person I've been, you know, I've always been kind of entrepreneurial. I've always been working on something. Uh, progress equals happiness for me, <laughs> you know? And I think it's that way for many of us. You know, you start working out, you start making progress, then you it validates what you're doing and progress equals happiness. And so mm-hmm. no matter what's going on, if I feel like I'm remaining progressive and I'm still getting things done, um, it's very easy for me to still at the end of the day look back and be like, mm-hmm. boom. I feel good. I can respect myself and, and the systems I have in place. I, I'm happy about them. You know? Oh yeah, totally. Um, totally. And, that's and you know, we have so many options to always do better. Yeah. I mean, we spend time on planes alone. We spend time waiting outside the door alone. We spend time on advances alone. So we're in the hotel at night and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So there's plenty of opportunities to think about stuff. There's plenty of opportunities to go over what it is that we're doing and trying to reinvent the wheel and trying to see if there's a better mousetrap or a better way mm-hmm. we can do it or, or whatever. Always try to kind of like, like push it a little bit further. Yeah. I think it's very important. Very Absolutely. Important. And if that like safe, happy, productive, I really like it because if you're not keeping your client happy, like this happy yeah. thing, like it's, it's ultra significant. <laughs> oh, it is. Like we were talking about. No. And you know, a lot of people are like, well, it's not about keeping the client happy. It's about security and it's about safety. And it goes back to the old stupid argument about do you carry bags or do you not carry bags or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not about that. <laughs> if we keep the client moving, we keep them happy. Yeah. We keep them doing all of these things. And, and, and for us, it works really well with the pro- productivity piece, especially now where we um, kind of like do most of our work in, yeah. in uh, high net worth individuals and, and, and corporate teams and, and yeah. stuff like that, right? So productivity is, is such a big thing. And anybody who's been around, most of the rich and famous people in the world knows how hard these people work. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And if you can't, if you're not making them happy, you're just not going to be able to do the other aspects of your job. You know, you're not. You can be the high, most high speed sub second draw. You know, hey, there's 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 room for that as well, and it has to mm-hmm. be there. It, it does. Just what keeps you uh, employed. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So that's yeah. good. Safe, happy, productive. Something to keep in the back of your mind. I like um, it. I, I do too. I think it's very well balanced. You know, that's and that's kind of really a big thing, and. So just because all this kind of race stuff is going on, I don't like to talk too much about race because personally, like I've looked at it as I've looked at it as a type of thing that like I won't let limit me no matter what. I take responsibility for my success. So no matter whether it's, you know, no matter what the barriers to success are, and I believe each of us have our own barriers to success, mm-hmm. you know, based on the cards we've been dealt, we all have to deal with those barriers to success. I haven't really experienced anything having to do with race that's been uh, significant enough for me to be upset about in my entire life of being big and black. Um, but what I will say, you know, since it's such a, a topic, the one question I had for you is, you know, I believe you worked kind of in kind of the hip hop realm back in the day when you were coming up. I did. You know? I did. Yeah. Uh, and did you experience anything? Did, did, did you being, you know, who you are, <laughs> how was that? That is actually, that is actually the first time I've ever gotten that question. And, um, yeah, <laughs> you know, what was that like? You know, to 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 be honest, I I don't really know because um, first of all, I was really young. Yeah, came from uh, Denmark with these producers who were producing for the people who don't know, like the most hardcore at the time, gangster rappers. <laughs> but they were all Europeans as well who was brought over here, right? So uh-huh. I guess we had our own little group of weird Danish guys, but yeah. we had something that the rappers really wanted. They were really good at producing beats and tracks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We were always on time, you know, which, really <laughs> which is a funny rap thing. thing. Here comes Danish people. And for people who don't know, um, everybody that works for me absolutely hates me because I'm the guy who takes the first plane in the morning because if it gets delayed, I'll still get there today, even though I don't have to be somewhere for like another five hours. I take the first That's plane, awesome. right? And after 30 years of traveling, I'm always there two hours before because in case of it takes too long. So yeah, he's got a baseball bat, man. Use these beats and, and people really wanted it. And for us, it was so overwhelming to come to, um, to L.A. and experience this uh, rap culture. And, I mean, most of the people I worked with were named like Robocop and T-Bone and Big Mike <laughs> and whatever. And, I was bigger back then. I was a bouncer and I worked out a lot and stuff like that, but nothing yeah. like this. I mean, I'm only six foot, so compared to huge people from Samoa and stuff like that, I, I guess I was the small guy. Yeah. But, you know, it's kind of like one of those things, um, if you take it with a good deal of humor mm-hmm. and kind of like, uh, how, how, how should I say it? I'm, I'm obviously from Denmark, right? <laughs> right, and, right. Um, we kind of always been very uh, diverse, but we're also very curious. Mm-hmm. So I remember one time I was uh, in the studio and, and, and Farrakhan's guys were there. Yeah. And talking to this guy in a bow tie and the whole thing. And, and I didn't really understand this whole thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was probably asking the dumbest questions this guy ever <laughs> had in his whole life. Yeah. But he gave me some answers that I've never ever in my life would have thought about uh-huh. but it's not for me to judge what's right or wrong right it's more right. about curiosity and it's more about um 
me having a conversation with this guy because we had to work together and find common grounds and stuff like that. And I think in general, for me, I could probably have picked off on a lot of things where they thought I was super weird. <laughs> but yeah. you know what? I probably were. You know, I remember like one of the guys that uh, one day walks up to me and he goes, um, you know, all gangstered out in all the colors and everything. I was out and watched standing outside a studio. Yeah. And this guy comes over and he has the limp and the bare stomach and the bandanas and everything. And he comes yeah. over and goes, uh, hey, what's up, cuz? And then uh, my best Danish accent, I go, hey, man, I don't think we're related. <laughs> and he looks at me for yes. like two minutes probably yes. thinking, should yes. I beat the shit out of this kid or should I shoot him or whatever? And then he smiled and walked off. And from that day on, none of these guys outside ever fuck, fuck with me. They're like, he's stupid or whatever, right? So, so there's so tons good. of stories like that, but it's kind of like, and, and, yeah. and you know, another thing which, which always is kind of funny to me. Mm-hmm. So I've been around the world, like yeah. literally so many times I don't even know. Yeah. I yeah. work with all different cultures around the world. And you know how it is when you mm-hmm. go to Saudi Arabia, if you go to Africa, if you go to China, if you go to yeah. Latin America, you sit with the drivers out in the car, either doing your advanced work or whatever, and you talk to these guys because yeah. they're actually cool guys, right? Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is we all want the same things, you know? Yeah. We all want to provide for our families. We kind of want to be left alone by the government. Mm-hmm. We kind of want to have time off where we can go and do things we like. Yep. And we like to, to live a good life, right? Mm-hmm. And it does matter. And for me, you know, a lot of people who come into this, they are about uh, – uh, reading the books, uh, bow and shake hands and kiss, bow and shake hands or whatever it's called mm-hmm. and all that. You know, I've never been a believer in that working for me mm-hmm. because what works for me is kind of like I smile, I yeah. laugh, yeah. I make fun of myself a lot. Mm-hmm. And it has taken me all over the world. And I don't think I've ever um, in person pissed people off. Yeah, but I also yeah, yeah. suffer a little bit on um, on being Danish sometimes because, you know, we ask questions and we sometimes call things for what they are or what we see, and that can get mm-hmm. us in a little bit of trouble. But then you also have to be able to um, be a diplomat and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I ever told you, but um, the weirdest thing about having a Danish accent, you know what that is, right? No. So if you have an Israeli accent or a British accent, you're by default a security expert. Right? <laughs> you are so a security expert. And your special no, forces every by having an Israeli or a British accent, you're either James Bond or you're a commando, right? Yeah, if for sure. If you have a Danish accent, all people do is they look at you and go like, can you say, I'll be back? <laughs> that is true. That is for sure. So true. it's kind of funny that way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's all. That was a good question, by the way. Oh yeah, really thank you, thank you. No, I appreciate that one, man. I um, yeah, there's so much there uh, with with traveling the world and the differences that people have. It's exactly right. You know, we're all looking but, for the same. That's the best part about this job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all looking for the same things, and yeah, um, yeah man. And I've tried same here, man. I've been around the world and operate. I stopped counting at 65 countries, you know, yeah. and I validate the heck out of that statement you know and it's just really for me i feel one of something that's very very valuable is the smile being comfortable enough with yourself to smile Mm -hmm. it is like a tactically sound thing you can do to bring the pressure down in an environment and um disarm people in disarm situations oh totally Um, and if you really uh if you really want to get uh tactical for a second because i'm still mm -hmm. very much of an ed nerd right Right. We're actually, um, we're actually working on this whole thing uh, we call microintelligence, right? Mm. 
And you know that we have our whole intelligence set up and stuff like that, but there's one thing people tend to forget a lot, and that's the microintelligence, right? And if you ever go in and study the art of uh, interviewing people and getting information out and detecting liars and all of that, right? Yeah, and combine that with working in EP where we not always have the full agenda. Right. A good way and good tips for people to kind of like figure out what's really going on or do we have the right agenda and stuff like that is sometimes to make fun of yourself a little bit, give a little, take a little bit more, give a little, take a little bit more, kind of cross reference the questions and stuff like that. And all of a sudden you figure out, Oh, they didn't tell us that we have an autograph signing afterwards. So they didn't tell me that's going to be 5,000 people. I only thought there would be 200 people. Yes. They also forgot to tell me that five people (laughs) showed up at the office last week asking for the boss already. Mm-hmm. And all of this, then the trick for you when you kind of turn this into microintelligence is figuring out what matters, mm-hmm. what is noise, yeah. and what needs to be sent to the smart people who can then kind of decipher, is this real intelligence or is it useful or not, right? right. And it actually can become a whole art form for you. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like that because for me, that's kind of the mind game of um, kind of like talking to people around the world mm-hmm. and figuring out what, what's really going on, right? Yeah, that's like... Yeah. That is so big. I think one of the biggest kind of barriers, well, like one of the biggest things with that is going to be getting people that don't know how valuable that is in the industry to really understand that that is life. Okay. (laughs) Being able to understand what you don't know about what's coming uh, Mm -hmm. on your agenda, getting getting the information that you're not told is how you stay left of bang is how you stay ahead of the game. It's how you keep yourself looking like a rock star. And it really is you're leveraging the staff, the the house staff, the house mouse, the house mice, I call them. You're leveraging the secretary. You're leveraging friends that have relationships with the clients. If you're good at this, you're pulling information at all, all the time. And especially until you have the um, until you have the perceptive abilities to look at the itinerary and see the holes in it and see that stop at the bagel shop that you know curveballs and until you can do that just because you have the experience and even then you're still you're always trying to pull that information. Oh, you are, and that's also when you can start to kind of like make client prediction predictive behavior. Yes, right? I mean yeah, if you work for the same guys for so long and you know he doesn't like to sit in a hotel at night, mm-hmm. right? But there's yeah. no meeting after six o'clock. Well, maybe that should be kind of your hint that <laughs> right. Yep. He's going to uh, jump. Want to go out somewhere? All right. What? Where did we go the last ten times? Well, we went to these types of places. Well, chances is we'll probably go to some place like that, and yep. it's in Tokyo. So maybe we should keep the drivers. Maybe we should even ask the drivers where can we control it if we want to go. Right? Yeah, planned our hands. It, it goes back to this old joke about. Um, you're driving with some celebrities into a new town and you have two agents on the bus, right? A young guy and an old guy. They ask the young guy, so what's going on in Berlin today? And he starts blabbing, oh, there's these parties, there's this and this and this and this. And the old guy sits back and goes, oh, they come to Rome, right? And they ask the old guy, so what's going on in Rome today? Yeah. And, oh, it's Wednesday, nothing. Let's go back to the hotel. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's two different ways of looking at it, right? Absolutely. And you can kind of like start to steer the conversation, control the conversation. And if they want to do stuff that's unscheduled and whatever, mm-hmm. you can kind of like form it into something you can control or something you know or something you're prepared for, right? Yeah. And I kind of like this whole micro-intelligence thing because in a time yeah. like now where you have social media, 
You have people talking about all these things. You have um, companies that are all over the world or tours that goes on all over the world or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You hear a lot of things that you would not pick up back in the intelligence center or on your social media feeds or whatever. And mm -hmm. if you can figure out what to send back, they can be a step ahead as well. Yeah. And say, oh, we heard again that this guy was complaining over this. Oh, who was he again? Yeah, I hate he complains all the time, but make sure to send the name back so they know that this journalist might already now start reading or writing a uh, hostile article or whatever, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, And I know that in a lot of corporations, especially if you work for the people where news changes all the time and they can be mm -hmm. hit in the morning, but at night they're hated because they did something or they didn't do something or whatever. Mm -hmm. Being ahead like that and, and picking it up early helps a lot of intelligence teams to, to kind of get their products out early. Man, yeah, that's huge. That's huge. The yeah, uh, I mean, and you can look like a dang wizard to your client if you're ahead of this stuff and you're able to, you know, produce information about things like that yeah. before they. It's happen. about providing value, right? And it's about yeah. really what so it is right. that we're doing, and it's about pushing the bar for success and all of these things. And we're there anyway, right? Yeah, make a mind out of it a little bit. Absolutely, absolutely. So, like. When it comes to, because I know you guys are running like covert protection um, mm -hmm. and things like that. And I think that this is somewhat of a new frontier and all the, even the intelligence and all that stuff. Could you talk a little bit about kind of really what that is and your guys' sure. approach to that? You know? Sure. I mean, the covert protection is actually uh, kind of a funny thing because everybody thinks that it's brand new and stuff like that, but it's actually been around in Europe for a long time, especially up in, in the Scandinavian countries where we come from and in the UK mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Perception and image for the wealthy people mm -hmm. is that you don't want to be seen like you're the most powerful man in the world or whatever. So typically if you see a, uh, a protection team, there might be for the Royals or for the president or whatever, mm -hmm. like one, two, max three guys. Yeah, but then nice. there's like an invisible perimeter of um, undercover protectors that are out a little bit further. And it's a model that works really well for the people who don't want security or is really concerned about their image or they're really concerned about their kids kind of growing up with protection or whatever. Mm -hmm. So you kind of build an undercover <laughs> model around them. Mm -hmm. And once you kind of get away from the thought of body coverage, but think about it from the outside. You actually have a lot of chances to detect stuff really early. You have a lot of chances to kind of like intervene really early. You have a lot of chances to put yourself in the right spots because you don't have to think so much about customer service. You don't have to think so much oh, about being around a client. You actually can think yeah. about security only. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times um, the clients know who the protectors are. Sometimes they don't even know who they are. There's just a code word if they have to kind of step in and it's mm -hmm. it's really interesting. Man. You know, kids going to school and mm -hmm. nannies and stuff like that who don't want a big entourage around. And a lot of times, you know, we also create kind of um, all the hype around the clients by having um, all the protectors around them in a, in a bubble and stuff like that where yeah. if you push it out and kind of like take the undercover mentality, you can mm -hmm. slide under the radar a lot more. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. I mean, you said a bunch of things there. Yeah, like uh, having the overt protection, 
and everyone seeing them and knowing that they're protectors draws mm-hmm. more attention. I mean, the crowd starts to trigger and, and you start to get all the, oh, someone must be here. There's a guy in a suit here or there's a big guy here. Now, who is that? And then you got people like coming up. They're like, don't even know who your client is, but they're just like, can I have an autograph? Uh, yeah. They don't even know who the guy is, you know, and, you know, that can be a friction, yeah. high friction situation. Um, and then mm-hmm. now the client doesn't even want you to be around because it's more of a headache. He's trying to get a coffee, you know, and the know. security is drawing attention. Um, at but it's also point. a question about this one thing I've learned, and that is like um, in my older days, I've become more of a uh, kind of advisor and yeah. stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I fly around talking to the rich and famous or, or the high net worth people all over the globe. And there's a couple of things I've noticed. Mm. One of them is that everybody's a security expert, right? Everybody. <laughs> everybody. There can only be one. They're all Highlanders. right? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then the other thing is also that, um, you know, one of the things I always get from the CSO or from the EP manager or from the EA or whatever, they always go like, but Christian, wait, the boss does not like security. He does not like to have us around. Mm. And I kind of go, yeah, you know, I got news for you. Nobody likes that. <laughs> right. Nobody likes that. I've never met the one guy who actually loves it. I learned yeah. a lot, met a lot of people who learned to live with it, right? Right. But You're always tolerated. You say, hey, we can take care of your security, but you only need to see one guy at the time. But that doesn't mean we have to go down on the level of protection. It just means that we maybe only have to hire one guy that he sees or two guys that he sees or whatever, or take shifts. So he's only ever with one guy, but that doesn't mean that we can't do good security, right? Because right. let's face it. I mean, roadblocks and highway robberies are pretty rare in the U S right. So maybe we don't need to ride in a convoy. Maybe the car should already be ahead or yeah. maybe the guy should already be at the next side controlling entry. And as soon as he's inside and he's set at a meeting location, Maybe you should shoot off to the next location and kind of leapfrog or, or, yeah. or whatever works. The I'm such an advocate of us reinventing um, what it is that we do all the time mm-hmm. for the sake of better security, right? And I don't think yeah. there is a wrong detail mm-hmm. because if that's what works for the guys to keep the principal safe, mm-hmm. well, that's the right way of doing it. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I agree 100%. And I, I really like the covert aspect of it because I like I like the multimodal approach. Like you have layers, you know, with a lot of the churches, the church stuff I'm into, you know, there's layers. We have an overt layer with a guy who's got an exposed weapon and all this fun stuff. But we also have a very solid covert layer with all the, you know, with the volunteer staff and, and res, uh, reserved or off-duty police officer, even active officers that we have that are volunteering that are in plain clothes that are everywhere. And then we even have, you know, you have females and, and, and people that, that really you're not going to think are part of the information network that we have on the campus that is mm-hmm. all feeding our security structure, you know, yeah, and yeah, with, with that covert aspect. Another thing you said that I think is just fantastic is you don't have to, you don't have to worry about facilitating the client's needs directly. You can just do security. So mm-hmm. like your bandwidth is just like focused on security. Whereas, you know, when you're with the client and you have to remain focused outboard while you're also facilitating their needs, you know, that takes a lot of bandwidth to do and to do well. And you're getting the door and you're reading people's body language and you're, you know, you're carrying something or you're, you're, he's ordering and you're paying attention to everything that, that does that. That's an art. And then to make it do it and have it look easy and mm-hmm. keep the stress level down and be relaxed sure. while you do it. That's, yeah, no, hey. 
I think that's good work. (laughs) That we're going to see a lot of these hybrid solutions, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that. And it's also when you really think at what we've been doing for years, it's also pretty naive that we uh, thought that we can hire four guys and they can do it all. They can work events, they can work high risk, they can work low risk, they can do yeah. everything. When you really think about it, the four guys just facilitates whatever environment that we're in, right? Yeah. So if they go to a place where there's not a lot of kind of like overt present needed, well, they should switch and have a covert model. Or if they go to an event where he has to walk the floor or whatever, well, yeah. maybe they need more guys and run an eight-man formation or whatever. I mean, there's so many different ways of doing it. And the most important thing is we don't get stuck in what we did yesterday. Yeah. I 100% agree that for me too, like something I'm always looking at is look, I'm willing to sacrifice who I was yesterday for who I want to be tomorrow. Like tactics need context, you know what I'm saying? And what worked yesterday. I love that. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, man. Like situation dictates tactics is what he said, you know, and just because it worked yesterday over there, does it, means nothing today, yep. <laughs> you know? And it I think so that cool. type of flexibility is really what denotes uh, a true tactician, you know? Um, I think so. I think so. The whole getting stuck in anything, I think. What is it? What does Bruce Lee say? What is it? The, the Chinese proverb still, running water never grows stale, you know? That's, that's, that's true. That's true. You know, I always wish that I could quote all these things, but I can never yeah. remember any of them. <laughs> stupid stuff up as I go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I I guess I've grown into that. That's that's good yeah. to point that out. I always wanted to be able to do that. So here we go with kind of, this is always a good question. What would be an example of something, uh, mistakes you've learned from as you've grown? There's so many. You know? Yeah. And awesome. there's, um, there's a lot of things I wish that um, I'd done differently. Mm-hmm. But I think that um, most importantly is, like everybody else says, you have to learn from your mistakes and stuff like yeah. that. I think I wasted a lot of time in my younger years waiting for the cool guys to show me how this was done. Nah, because, okay. you know, I came in a little bit with a chip on my shoulder, I guess, mm-hmm. because I came from being a bouncer. Mm-hmm. I never had a desire in my life to be a soldier. I never had a desire in my life to be a, a law enforcement officer or whatever. I really liked the aspect of working security at nightclubs because stuff were happening, right? Yeah. And I figured out a way to work my way into to executive protection and, and stuff like that. But for a lot of years, I really doubted myself and my team for us. Um, we were pretty, uh, for some reason, we've always been really good at the sales aspect. Uh-huh. We've always been really good at getting the details, which is hard for a lot of people. Yeah. But for some yeah. reason, we figured that out really early. Okay. But I, I, we used to doubt ourselves a lot. And looking back at it now, we should just have jumped into it way before and kind of um, just Figured go all out. out. Because um, holding back, you really hold back for no reason, right? Yeah. So yeah. that's probably the biggest mistake I've made. Uh, wow. But on, on, on top of that, you know, I've always been, like, I guess most people, uh-huh. guilty of um, being stuck in the old ways. Yeah. I mean, not too long ago, somebody uh, taught me a new concept of having a jump team. Okay. Which I was kind of like, yeah, that's not going to work, but let's try <laughs> it out. One of the best ideas for this detail ever. Yeah, and I wish that I had come up with stuff like that, especially because I really try to be a new thinker. I try to um, 
kind of turn everything upside down. Whenever we have our big staff meetings and stuff like that, I'm all about um, the new younger guys challenging me. Yeah. Because I'm almost 50. Don't tell anybody. But <laughs> I still have to reinvent what it is that we do. Yeah. I'm kind of in trouble, right? Because yeah. I'm not out there sweating and running the, the running boards and, and doing mm-hmm. all the stuff all the time. It should really be the young people who came up with the new exciting ways of doing stuff, right? Yeah. They should be the one who came to us with the new gear or the new way of doing advances or integrating and, and all of that stuff. So yeah. sometimes I, I, I wish that I had gone better at that earlier. But, okay. um, you know, you kind of just dealt some cards and you try to do the best with them that you can and, and hopefully it works out, right? Yeah. No, that's, I completely dig that, man. That's good yeah. that you think that way, though, and it's that those learning experiences are huge. You know, yeah. that's that stuff is that. I mean, I, I I say sometimes we win, sometimes we learn. You know, yeah. because you know all those lessons. I mean, you're able to bring that to everything you're doing now, and it just supercharges our growth. <laughs> you know, um, it supercharges your ability to be challenged by someone and deal with that in a way that makes you and your company better, which is absolutely priceless. <laughs> That's and you know, there's there's another thing that that now when you mention it, I'm, and I guess it's kind of human nature. But I mean, I wish I would be better at that uh, earlier on. It's like we're really really good at remembering all the bad things. Yeah, but not always good at celebrating all the good things. Yeah, you yeah. know, we do so many good things and we do so many fun things, and sometimes mm-hmm. we forget, and we forget to remind each other and then be grateful and kind of like be happy with all of that. Yeah, but we can all remember the time we fucked up and we can always remember <laughs> yeah. that we lost that client and we can always blame somebody else and stuff like that. Yeah. And I'm trying hard not to be that guy, but I guess it's, um, it's human nature a little bit, but yeah. I, I really think that me as a leader of the company needs to be, um, way better at, at, at kind of be the forerunner of that stuff. Yeah. The praise and the positive things as well. I think so. I think no, so. I agree 100% which actually leads right into the next question. What are some of the most proudest, the, the proudest moments you've had with your company and what you guys have done? You know, like some moments you've know. sat back and be like, ah. Oh. You know, it's, 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 it's really funny because I, um, for the longest, mm-hmm. really struggled with um, kind of uh, admitting that we yeah. were successful. Oh, that's I, just good. To be, I just wanted to be an EP agent, right? Uh-huh. So I never really until maybe five, six years ago, yeah. break the whole thing of, of being the CEO or uh, being a businessman and all uh-huh. of that stuff. And yeah. no doubt, we, 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 we've been successful and, and we've done good, but I also have a, a great team and I've always kind of been um, the guy who said, well, we don't really do anything that special. We just protect people and, and stuff like that. Yeah. But then when you look back, I mean, there's a lot of moments that have been really successful. I mean, we've actually worked details where um, we stopped an attack into happening. We've uh, really avoided stuff that we know we avoided. Um, I've been part of changing the law for uh, wow. armed security in Denmark and event security. Uh, wow. back in, um, uh, the big accident that. At Roskilde, the festival, we, we worked a lot with crowd safety and, and stuff like that. And, you know, we were lucky enough to be part of um, wow. uh, working the whole maritime security world. Mm-hmm. And then I think that the maritime security guys played a big role in 
in stopping the uh, anti-piracy stuff. Um, we've made a lot of people uh, able to do jobs. And I think I've always been super proud about um, the teams that we've had. And, and, and one thing as a businessman that makes me super proud now is that uh, I get a report or I hear from one of the guys and he tells me a story about this stuff. And I have no idea what the guy is talking about. Yeah. And I haven't been involved with the client. Somebody else actually got the client in. The guy's working the client and the client is super happy and it runs and they do cool stuff. And mm-hmm. you can kind of watch it from the sideline. That, yeah. that makes me really proud because I used to be involved in everything and it's kind of evolving with it that way. That mm-hmm. makes me really proud. Um, yeah. The conference is actually one of the things that, that makes me proud that we've been able to pull that together and, and, and make yeah. it the conference that it is now because mm-hmm. it's the only kind of like cross-border thing we really have in the industry and the industry is pretty defragmentated. Yeah. But it's kind of pulling the end users together with the companies, together with the schools, together with the practitioners. Yeah. I really wish that we could get over the pity stuff so everybody would participate. You know, there are some fractions in the industry that don't want to be there because somebody once said or once did, and there are other people who don't think uh, they're and all of that. Oh, the social uh, dynamics and politics. Yeah, I think that is so counterproductive because yeah. really when you think about it, what really makes us grow as an industry is, is getting together about something, right? And yeah. we don't have anything else. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think that's pretty, a pretty proud moment. But yeah. besides that, I, I don't know. There are so many. That's so awesome, man. That's a, that was a beautiful journey, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, all the things that you said were fantastic. And I think it kind of, a lot of it comes out of really kind of one of the first negatives you said, which was just jumping in and doing and figuring it out and just going. And I mean, yeah. confidence comes from experience, but at the same time, you know, confidence comes from experience. You got to go and just get after it. You know, I think- you do. You do. Uh, and I think that that if, if people are able to do that, because I see a lot of people fail because um, they get hit with an equation or something they're unfamiliar with. And that unfamiliarity causes them to like balk and not know if they have what it takes and not know if they can deal with it. And I think that there's just uh, so much to be said for being willing to be like, you know what, by the grace of God or based on who I am, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to go ahead and get after it. And you have what it takes, you know what I mean? Like you do, you people do. with less have done more with less, you know, like people who are less smart as you have done more, you know, in most of our cases, you know. Um, and, and, and a lot of times it's also a question about, um, you know, you know the answer. Yeah, you generally don't know. believe you know the answer, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 So I think that um, – I think there's something to be said about that a lot of times. So. Yeah, 100%. We always know what to do. It's just doing what we know to do. <laughs> and when to do it, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the, I think for me, that's the trickier part. When to do it is a little bit tricky. Yeah. Uh, okay. But it's also a question about, you know, people fail all the time. I fail all the time. I mean, I, yeah. Wish, yeah. I wish I was better at a lot of stuff. Yeah. But that doesn't stop me from trying, right? I mean, I'm going to shoot at the IPSB challenge, and I really wish I was a good shooter as many of the rest of you guys. But <laughs> when you have almost a 1,000 employees working for you, I'm happy that I make it out to shoot. Yeah, and I'm okay with everybody making fun of me for being the bottom half or whatever. <laughs> but it's a question about it doesn't stop me from trying, right? It's a question mm-hmm. about one day I can say to myself, eh, when I start working halftime, I'll beat these guys. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, 
So it's 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 kind of like um, you know we fall off the horse a lot of times, but that doesn't stop us from trying to ride, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. And I love that shooting challenge. I hope I, I'm sure. Tr- I hope I can get there this year too, man. That that's something that I'm definitely. I love it. Uh, I mean, I think you saw how high the level were last year, and that's why you're backing out this year. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, now you just had to rub it in, man. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Oh man, no! I'm gonna get in there. I'm gonna get in there. one of these years. I'm gonna get up in there and at least I don't know, but I'm gonna do well. I I, I love shooting. That's you see it on all my all my. I stuff. do. I do. And I love the um. I love the camaraderie. I love that that brings us in our industry together. Um, mm-hmm. it gives you a chance. I mean, you shoot with guys for a day. You get to know them, um, yeah. and you get to see them. And I mean, there's even for guys trying to get into the industry. Something I talk about is, hey, you go to a course, you're you're interviewing because everyone that you're around at that course is that gonna learn something about your work ethic and they're going to carry that to their respective details and they're either going to call you and they know they need a guy, a good guy, you know, or they're not based on what they see of you. And so you come, you shake hands with guys, you have lunch with guys, you know, you see guys all over uh, where the convention is, you shoot with guys and you either add more equity to your work product and your reputation or you take away from it, you know? Um, Yeah. That's super. I think, um, for, for me, it's a question about um, you know the last years we've talked about all the soft skills and we talked about the value adds and we talk about all these things that that kind of builds the business. Mm-hmm. But for me, it's super important that we never forget what we're here for. Right. Yeah. To provide security and and provide protection and stuff like that. And and mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times I'm a big advocate of us training the soft skills and the conversation you and I have had mm-hmm. here today is a testament to how complicated this job can be and how, how hard it can be to learn for new guys. But at the end of the day, you still have to be able to pass your fitness test. You still have yeah. to be able to stand on your feet all day. And after 18 hours of waiting outside of meeting rooms to stop somebody who's kind of motivated, mm-hmm. you, you kind of have to remember your A game, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's not about if we shoot or not. It's more about remembering, for me, remembering who we are and remembering mm-hmm. that we are protectors and there are hard skills involved in, in what it is that we do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and maintaining that balance, man. Maintaining that it balance. It and it's being a quiet storm, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think, man, geez, well, a lot of it comes down to, for me, a lot of it comes down to, you know, like, I know where I, I know who I am. I know what I've done. I know where I've been, and I'm always training to make sure that that's alive and that edge is sharp. You know, mm-hmm. and it puts me in a place of like confidence and comfort where I don't have to demonstrate it. I don't have exactly. to be the tough guy. You know, I can be like the like nice, congenial, you know, guy. Um, kind of yeah. a thought. Yeah, and, and I think that people like to be around that a lot more than anything else. It's not about being macho or anything like that either. Nope. What would you say to guys that are getting into the industry that don't have that military or law enforcement background? Cause I get asked a lot. I mean, what would you say to those guys that are, you know, civilian side that want to get into the industry? I, I, I would say that, uh, that's the side I come from. Mm-hmm. And I would think that, um, if you really want to do this job, there's plenty of room for you, but don't be naive. It mm-hmm. takes a little bit longer. You, don't have to make up a lot of lies because they'll catch up to you. I, I, I personally <laughs> hate it when people uh, pretend to be something that they're not. I get where they're coming from because it can be intimidating. I mean, 
<laughs> when I go yeah. to training classes nowadays, you kind of uh, hear all these guys around the table introducing themselves and they were first this and they were this and this and this. And, you know, being European in America can be pretty intimidating because if I were a Danish and I had been in law enforcement or yeah. in the military, it would be like, oh, I was a soldier or I was in law enforcement, right? You guys have all these special things and yeah, cool stuff we get. Recordings, and here am I going like, I'm just here for Instagram photos or whatever you make up that day. <laughs> but then when you start playing with the guys and they figure out that, hey, you can stand your ground or yeah. you're not afraid of getting dirty or you can fight with them in hand-to-hand -hand combat or whatever, they actually a lot of times respect you more, right? Mm -hmm. Because they know that you have to work hard to get these skills yeah, and get them through the military or through law enforcement or whatever. Yeah. And if you kind of is a good person around these people, they'll respect you and they'll call you as much as they'll call their buddies that were something, right? Yeah. And I think that's one of the most important things that the schools serve. Mm -hmm. It's probably that network for the new guys. I'm not a, a big advocate all the time of, of what is taught is the right stuff. But I also think it's kind of irrelevant what is taught mm. because it is kind of a pool where people go and get to network and be with each other yeah. and figure it out. So when one of them makes it, he has that, that group of people that, that he trained with. So he has somebody to call because it's not a one man show, right? Oh, never. So I think I would remind people who are new to the industry and don't have a big background mm -hmm. to do all of that. Yeah. So yeah, 100% earn respect, you know, like, and I think on, and, and to, on a, on a just basic, very human level, I think the game should always be about earning that respect as much as possible face to face with your work ethic, you know, and you may have to pay, you know, one guy might be able to say, Oh, I was prior, whatever. and might get some respect, but at the end of the day, I think to a smart detail leader or to smart agents, they're looking at your work product now. And that respect that is going to actually matter and be lasting is going to be based on what you're doing right now in the game and how you're performing, you know, and I think that's something also that's important to bring to the, everyone's and, attention, even if you have a background, even if you're the, and you know. then you also have to remember that uh, details get bigger and bigger. Yeah. There's more, and more agents out there. It's not uncommon that some of the really big details are like 30, 40 people. Yeah, and a lot of people that are kind of like the top of the wealthiest people, they have, I don't know, 10 houses, five planes, boats, all a of these islands <laughs> that there's always security projects. So for me as an employer today, yeah. it's a lot of more impressive for somebody who has a project manager education than somebody who studied criminal justice. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Because driving a lot of these projects and stuff like that that we get involved in an EP can be very, very challenging. Yeah. And, you know, when you work for the bigger team, there is an intel team, there is an investigative team, there is all of that. But it's rare that you have project managers and, and stuff like that. And for me, it's also a question about having great social media skills, having mm -hmm. good communication skills. It's mm -hmm. just as hard to teach people to write emails in the right tone <laughs> email to the right be protective driving or shooting this is very true and those yeah. emails in the wrong tone can be more detrimental or can help the detail yeah. more than oh man on a regular basis those are shots that are being fired multiple times a day and exactly relationships everything is relationships yep you no know? yep. uh so that's huge and i would i would absolutely agree with you like even with some of the guys that i was interviewing i'm looking for 
different skill sets like managerial skills, leadership skills. You know, I want to know that you're going to be socially intelligent enough to deal with clients and also vendors and things like that. So I, I would absolutely have to agree with that. Yeah, and then get to know the industry. You know, I yeah. usually challenge people a little bit. And I mean, now I'm putting it out there, but it's always been kind of like my little bit of a secret to uh -huh. figure out how dialed in people are, right? Because I always ask like, so who runs the five biggest EP details in the world? Ah, okay. Five guys you would hire if you could recruit them from any detail. Wow. Who do you think the best guys out there and, and stuff like that, right? And yeah. it tells you really, really fast. Like who are, if you look away from, obviously they know me if I'm talking to them. Yeah. Look away from my company and Gavin, who's the next three big EP companies? Wow. Stuff like that. Just to kind of like test people to see how dialed in they are and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. It's just like, you know, a lot of people who want to break into EP, they forget a lot of the nuances. Mm -hmm. Like, take your CPP, take your PCI, do all of these things because when I hire you to go to that detail, mm -hmm. somebody has to be in charge of building the alarm system for the house or managing the yeah. response or the cameras or whatever because the boss is going to ask us, why doesn't my security work, right? Yeah, yeah. Anybody on the team who's a good security all-rounder, yeah. who's going to do that, right? So there's so much stuff you can do that makes you hireable except from the hard skills that you might not have, right? Right, right, yeah. From the military or whatever, it's rare that, that you see somebody coming out of law enforcement and they know um, everything about control room setups in, in private yeah. houses, whatever, right? So there's so much stuff you can pick up. And with the industry growing so much too, like those are different entry points that someone can use to get into the game of security and into this industry if they're not the you know strapping young man or woman that's a physical you know your classic uh, mm -hmm. security you know person that everyone thinks of and you still want to get in this game those are different ways to get into the industry you know on the intel side or the tech side because yeah. um, the industry is expanding and uh, what we're responsible okay. for is is what we're responsible for. The spectrum of that is just growing exponentially. It is. Um, it is. Yeah. What would you say you like most? In, and then what would you say? Well, least and most about our industry. Mm -hmm. I kind of like that. Um, I think we're kind of like EP version, either 2.0 or 3.0 right now. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I kind of like that a lot. We've, yeah. we've grown and, we're really helping putting ourselves on the map with kind of this new uh, reinvention of ourselves, which I think is very, very important. I think a couple of things has happened. Uh -huh. I think um, the clients thinks they have a better need or bigger need than they've ever had. And I don't necessarily think that the world is a more dangerous, mm -hmm. but I think um, threats are changing a lot. Yeah. And mm -hmm. clients are buying way more into having EP, mm -hmm. but it's based on us being better at selling ourselves and mm -hmm. making it visible and um, kind of being better at upholding a professional image and all of these things. I, I really, really like that. Yeah. It's more pride. What I don't like about the industry is a lot of times that um, it's so, so, so stressful mm -hmm. Because you always get measured for what's going on right now. People forget all the great things you've done for them this because of what's going on right now. But of course, that's how you separate the good guys from the bad guys. That's how you keep quality. That's how you do all of that. But I'm telling you, after doing this for 30 years on every yeah. single continent and 
for anything from Chinese to Libyans to Africans, Americans, whatever. Yeah. It's always the same thing. And the last few years, I've merged uh, my company into a bigger company, and I actually thought it would get a lot easier because you don't have the same financial pressure as you did. Mm-hmm. But I was actually totally wrong because now it's a pride pressure, mm-hmm. and that is even harder than a financial pressure because That's now I don't want to lose anything, right? Because yeah. I, I want to show everybody that we did this to grow and be bigger and stuff like that. So I think and people are gunning for you, and there's all the yeah. And you know, I think I give a great persona of being the least least stressed person in the world. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that when I go home at night and stuff like that, I can't go like. So <sighs> sometimes I would like for it to be a little bit more quiet. My my wife always used to make fun of me because she would say, "So what are you going to do this week?" She used to work in the same office as me, and we would drive in, and I go, "Oh, it's going to be a slow week." And about four hours in, I would walk into her in her office and say, hey, yeah. um, can you take the car home? I'm going to this and this country because this and this just happened. And it's I would be gone for a half, right? Oh, man. And I think that sometimes for me at this point, I would like sometimes for it not to be as, as stressful as, as it can be. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's huge. But of course, some people thrive on that. And I probably do too, if you ask my, my yeah. shrink if I or whatever saying that oh he totally uh thrived for that whole thing so it's not true but but that's kind of what i'm thinking right now today (laughs) yeah kind of towards the yeah i dig it i'm sure you know there's a point where we just dig it we love it love going fast man you know it's validating you know it's a good feeling and to be able to and have to yeah no and to be neat yeah it's huge and to be needed and all that's and to fix that many problems at that velocity those quality problems look back at the work of your hands and be able to walk through that stuff it's ultra validating you know it is. in a world where we don't get to we don't get to carry shields and swords anymore you know it's like this is what we do now as men it <laughs> is. it's beautiful but i also think that um it's a natural involvement because yeah if we had to carry shield and sword, we would pick them up in a heartbeat and ask, where do I stand, right? Yes, we would. That was that was quick. That was good. <laughs> That's exactly what would happen. That's true, man. Yeah. That's awesome stuff. Um, cool. and, and I know you guys have some new apps. I mean, you have the app. I've used the app. I loved the organization of the app. I mean, because I got guys, you know, asking, how do I do an an advance? What do I do? What do I need to think about? You know, and I literally am just like, yo, download the the advance app from AS Solutions and everything that you need there is right there and it'll literally walk you through it. I love it. You know, I just want to make sure everyone knows about it and, um, well, thank you. Matt. It's it's actually a, a tool that was created out of need, right? Because mm-hmm. um, without me sitting here talking about how cool we are and stuff like that, one of the yeah. issues that I've always had is um, we we reach the size where every day there's about twenty five different details going on outside of the normal stuff, right? Yeah. I make sure that the guy in China, the guy in Korea, the guy in Nigeria, the guy in South Africa, the guy in Colombia mm. does 80% the same work. So the clients get that and then the 20% ingenuity that they have to put into it. How do I make sure that the advance reports looks the same? How do I make sure of all of that? And you can send them a template, mm-hmm. but everybody does it a little bit differently, right? And yeah. I kind of, as a business owner, want to be sure that I can track that my guys did their advance work. So it's all timestamped. I want to be sure that I know they went out and actually <laughs> did the advance work. Mm-hmm. So it's GPS locked. I want to mm-hmm. be sure that the clients 
get what they expect every time because as confusing as EP can be, the only thing that we kind of can give them is stability yeah. and the foundation for their crazy lifestyle or their crazy visits and all of that. And even if we don't have all the information, if we do the same things all the time, everybody kind of knows what to expect. It's kind of what advanced work is all about, right? Yeah. I also wanted a tool where my agents could do it on the fly. So we're not like technology challenged. Yeah, drag. It doesn't add drag. I think we still are in security. Mm. I think we haven't even started our digitalization process. So by them being able to do the advance work on their phone and sending the PDF before the guy who comes to the country, they just did advances in and the guy can receive it on the plane or before he gets on the plane and actually look through the advance work. Yeah. That really provides value. And it's also a question about for me, if knock on wood, should I ever be in a position where something has gone really, really wrong mm-hmm. and I get called to kind of justify what level of protection we did. Which we yeah. yeah, how do I prove that? I only do that by showing that the client know what kind of level of advanced work we did that lives up to industry standard and yeah. they accept that standard for the past five years or whatever. So they know what they're kind of getting. And yeah. I think think that's important. And that's why we created the app uh, to begin with. So That's so well thought out. It's so valuable. I mean, Thank demonstrating you. value, demonstrating uh, what you're paying for, the, the work product that you're paying for, being able to give a consistent a consistent standard of work across the board, no matter who's getting sent out to do the advance work. I mean, we, we were seeing with the Kardashians the same thing. The gentleman who was working for them, he, he's taken some fire from uh, the insurance companies with regards to the, the quality of work kind of around what, you know, his situation. So something like this could help hedge against that um, in hindsight. The big challenge that he has from what I see, it's sitting, again, being an armchair quarterback, which is right. really, but looking at it, and since you bring it up, if he can just prove that the Kardashians know what level of work that he does, and they have accepted that, mm-hmm. I don't think he's going to be in that much trouble. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if you buy a car for $40,000, but you expect it to be a Maybach, either yeah. you're cheap or you're stupid, right? <laughs> if you've had this car for a while and you know what it can do clearly you know it's not a Maybach right you can't right. sue the dealership for selling you a Maybach right it's not you know what I mean it's kind of the same here if they have accepted and he had made it clear to them that he's a one man operation and mm-hmm. they're happy with that level of security and he's done the exact same things as he's always done mm-hmm. I don't think they'll be that much in trouble to be honest right yeah that's yeah. true. That's a great way of looking at it. Um, but yeah, yeah, no. So I, I, I love that app. So that's, do you guys have any other apps that you guys have, have put out? Well, I mean, it's kind of a suite of apps and right now, um, okay. we, we kind of like, uh, is, is, is kind of like working on the second version of it, which is now called protection manager. It's on a company by itself. There's okay. a dashboard to it. So if you run a control center operation, they can kind of follow everything that goes on. Mm-hmm. They can, uh, see where the details are. It can integrate with uh, the intelligence team if you have as such. You can also use the dashboard if you're a horse and wall guy or if you yeah. just uh, have that detail out working for you. You're the CSO or the detail leader sitting back home. You can see where are the guys, how far are they on the advanced work. But you can also pull out a, um, a bunch of data afterwards if you want to wow. kind of get into the whole data of uh, what do we do in EP and, and show value and maybe 
build your budget for next year, track how much sleep do the agents actually get, how much are they on the road, um, all of that stuff. And um, the plan is for the app to get um, more and more add-ons. Okay. We're working on the uh, POI module. We're working on um, an intelligence module. We're working on a, um, wow. a threat assessment for buildings and, and houses module. But it'll all run through the same suite of apps. So it'll be okay. exciting. It's that is a, exciting. That's a awesome. pet project that we have right now. So That's fantastic. Okay, good to go. Um, are there any daily rituals that you do that you believe that make you a better better person, better agent, better business owner? Um, <laughs> clearly, you don't know me very well. I'm actually all <laughs> over the place, right? And I'm one yeah. of those who... Um, Look for my keys every morning because I don't place them. This place. <laughs> okay, okay. And I pretty much lived in hotels my whole adult life. Literally, yeah. uh, I'm on the road more than 250 days a year, every year. Wow. So it's hard for me to keep a ritual, uh-huh. but I kind of do the rituals of delivering the same work product for my teams because mm-hmm. they get very depending on you. Yeah. And it can be hard when you're on a 12-hour plane ride and you land somewhere and there can be like two or 300 emails that needs to be answered and whatever. Yeah. So it's not so much about that, but it's more kind of like being there trying to kind of like inspire them and be a leader and stuff like that. Yeah. I've gotten back into, um, big, into my workout the last couple of years. Awesome. Which I was kind of lacking. So I'm just trying in general to live a healthier life and be a, be a better person, but... It's hard sometimes. It's hard. Yeah, it was work. You don't want to become an EP bum, right? Yeah, EP bum. <laughs> that's the truth, man. It's easy. Uh, that's easy to happen, yeah. Um, when people think of you and your company, or just you in general, legacy-wise, what do you want, you know, in a word or two or in a principle, what would you want them to remember you by? I don't know. I mean... What do you represent? Would rather forget about me as fast as they can. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I, I don't know. I think, um, I don't know. Uh, One of the guys who taught me, he said that um, he said a couple of things that I always kind of stuck by. He always said that um, I have to remember, Christian, that no matter how much these people are and how much respect you have and how much all of them to remember that they have to sit down when they go and do number two. As well, just like you. <laughs> yeah, you know, less, you know less than these people. You just do something else. Yep. I think. Yeah. The one legacy I've kind of maybe have influenced in this business, if I ever had done anything, mm-hmm. it's kind of make it a little bit more um, relaxed and fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm very, um, very much about. You kind of get what you see, see what you get, and get what you see. Yeah. Right. I to um, I own a suit. I put it on if I have to go and see somebody where a suit is required, right? Yeah. But I'm very much a big advocate of us not pretending to be something that we're not. Mm-hmm. You know, security struggles so much with image. Yeah. What we do. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, if we come in and talk down to people around the client, yeah, we'll struggle even more with image. Where if you meet people where they are. Mm-hmm. You kind of have a much better uh, way of communicating with people. And I think mm-hmm. the one little tiny piece I might have influenced a little bit is that we don't need to be in a suit and tie all the time. We don't need to um, build an exact 
copy of who we were in the past life. Mm-hmm. You know, we can do it in a different way as well. Yeah. So I think if somebody would, if if the two pe- people who remembers me that I don't owe money, <laughs> if they would remember me for something, I, I yeah. hope it would be something like that. Yeah. No, that's awesome. Well, for the yeah. not having to wear a suit all the time, <laughs> that's yeah. a huge one, but also... No, but you know, there's um, a time and place for that, and I get the details is. that I have to do it. I've just been lucky yeah. enough to kind of work with clients where I don't have to, have to yeah. but it's more the mentality of it, you know, yeah. than anything else. I understand completely, 100%. And I, uh, yeah, I, I, I totally understand what you're saying. And I think... To the being able to be more congenial and and the humor of it and the humanity of it and the reality of what you can and can't do and the managing expectations and just you seem to be very uh, humble approachable congenial guy man I really appreciate that about I think, you I, um, I, you know I think um, actions with you I, I I think I have an obligation a little mm-hmm. bit uh, I've been lucky enough on some some ways to carry the torch for some of this. And yeah, why wouldn't I talk to new people in the industry about this? There's a time and a place for it, of course. But, you know, when I go to a conference or if I meet people on the street or if they shoot me an email, I mean, mm-hmm. why the hell not? I mean, who am I to kind of like be up there or, or think I'm too good for that or whatever? I yeah. mean, it might take some time before I get back or whatever, but I really try to get back to people and, a lot of times I actually get from some of my leadership why I answer most uh, emails from entry-level people mm-hmm. when I don't always answer the leadership's emails and stuff <laughs> like that. But, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. one of those things that when I started this company, I started it to be an agent. I really wanted a place to work as an EP agent or bodyguard, as, as it was called. Mm-hmm. And to begin with, if AS Solution were to go away or whatever, I would probably sit in a car somewhere right now <laughs> talking shit about how much I hate this job and how I'd rather be somewhere else and the uh, about and I would do my duties and stuff like that. Yeah. I really like what I do. And as you can hear in, in this podcast and interview, I mean, I'm so passionate about it. I, uh, I usually so say that uh, I work with one guy who's more passionate about it than me. Uh-huh. But besides that, I, I love what I do and, and I want to share it with as many people as I possibly can. And I can learn a lot from all the young people and the new people, you have to remember that I'm almost 50. Most of the people that come to work for me now are going to be millennials, right? And yeah, instead of God what I'm saying now, isn't that the greatest thing in the world? I have to reinvent everything I do to cater to these people. Mm-hmm. Ain't I lucky I get to do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. I could also be negative and say it'll never work and whatever, but I'm not going to change the world. I just have to change so... We can cater the people that come and work for us, right? It's a perspective thing, man. And it I, is. I think that a lot of, just based on what you've said, I think just your mindset, man, has been, it's been an honor to be able to learn from that mindset and soak that up from someone who's done as much as you have. Um, but that perspective, you know, looking at it as such an honor to be able to do that and really having the intellectual and the like mental flexibility to be able to be like, Hey, this, to see that this is an honor, you know, I I talk sometimes about the privilege of suffering, you know, and, and Uh being able to look at being honored by my enemies and being honored by my challenges, the larger the challenge, the more honor that there is to complete it. And the fact that I'm even being faced with, it means I'm at a level where I'm honored by that high quality of a challenge. And then, you know, so it's just good to hear those things validated when you're looking, you're like, 
hey, being able to solve problems and learn from these millennials, you know, I, that's an honor. You know, that's something that's a good thing because I know a lot of people will be pulling their hair out, you know, so that. No, I know. And, and don't get me wrong. I'll probably pull my hair out in the process. <laughs> right. But, but that's the that fight. That you're kind of lo- losing focus a little bit because yeah. these things are something that's not going to go away. So we might as well learn to live with them. And the one who, exactly. who learns to live with it the fastest is going to recruit the best people. Yes. And at the end of the day, all I sell is good people, right? Yeah. If I don't have good people to do the EP details and stuff like that, I don't have anything. So it's, yeah. it's very important. But, but speaking about you, Byron, I mean, there's one thing I really, really like about people and, and you being the perfect example. That is that you put yourself out there and you put yourself out there every day and you talk about Thank stuff you. that doesn't have a right or wrong, mm-hmm. right? You talk about motivational stuff and stuff like that meaning that it's very, very easy for people to poke at you. Mm-hmm. But putting yourself out there like that also makes and breaks who you are, right? And if you don't put anything out into the universe, you don't get anything back. I am a serious believer in that. Yeah. And I really, really appreciate the people who are not afraid of stepping up and say, hey, this is my opinion, like it or not, or whatever, and, and, and keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Right? People yes. think that, uh, oh, he just goes on on uh, Instagram or whatever, on the way to the gym or whatever. Yeah. Pretty naive. I mean, it takes a lot of work to do with, <laughs> with that stuff, right? And a lot of Thank thinking you. process and stuff like that. And I, I really, really like that. Thank I you so that. much. Yeah. I really appreciate that. That's, that really means a lot. Yeah. No, it's, that's good. It, the people that get in the ring are the ones that make the difference, you know, and sometimes you win, sometimes you learn, but if you can do that and go through that process, I think you're a better person at the end of the day for whipping it on and getting after it, man. <laughs> you know, yep. that's, that's awesome. Thanks so much for that, for that compliment. This, those, pretty, those are pretty much the questions I had for you today, sir. Do you have, where can we find you? What are you up to these days? Where do you want to direct people? <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, where, where can you find me? Probably looking in a hotel somewhere or on a flight. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's really where uh, I usually know people and I live at the Marriott somewhere. But um, yeah. no, I mean, the next thing is uh, getting ready for the EP conference and then hopefully things will slow down a little bit up towards Christmas and then um, full speed ahead in, in January and hopefully we'll get to do a lot of great things. I'll be in Davos for sure. Mm-hmm. And I'll try to make... Um, make it out since we have a bunch of clients we can meet at the shot show and stuff like that. And Hey, besides that, it's, it's about what I call world domination, right? Yes, sir. (laughs) I'm right there with you. How are you doing today? We're up to you today. Taking over the world one day at a time. Don't worry about it. That's awesome. And I'll be hopefully joining you at the conference and at shot show too. So we'll get to to hang out there too. So thank you so much for coming on Christian. It's an awesome, it's an honor. It's an awesome. Yeah, I had a lot of fun, man. It's great talking to you, Byron. And I really like your podcast. So it's actually so much. Awesome. And there's so much, good stuff in this in this if i may say so myself there's a lot of good stuff in here man so that's awesome. well thank you i mean but it's also a question about i can feel that you have passion for this industry yeah. and then it's fun to talk to you you know mm-hmm. yeah and yeah 100 when good things happen right and i don't think i've managed to offend anybody so it's it's pretty good <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, we'll see these days. You never know, but God bless. You never know. You never know. Yeah, right. All right. Good to go. Cool. Well, we'll talk soon. Thanks so much for your sure. time, sir. Much appreciated. All right, man. Thanks. All right. Out. Boom. And to support this podcast, go to executiveprotectionlifestyle.com. 
and contribute to our Patreon account. That Patreon account is what helps me make this podcast possible, contributing to this brand, what we're doing here, making it so that I can bring better guests on, making it so that we can plan more events and just expand the contribution to the private security industry and also to make America a safer place by teaching people how to protect themselves and the mindset behind that, the lifestyle behind that. You guys are already killing it. $1 a month, $5 a month, 10 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month. Whatever you can do that you know you would probably just lose in the mattress anyway or spend on McDonald's. Hey, you want to put it towards something that's going to good use? Put it towards a podcast and get involved in our, our Patreon account at executiveprotectionlifestyle.com. And if you want to find me, that's byronrogersmotivation.com. Um, you know, do whatever you can, contribute whatever you can to that Patreon account because it makes all of these things possible, ladies and gentlemen. So much love. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for making those contributions. You guys rock. We're already doing amazing there. And it's just because of you guys. So thanks once again for those contributions. Boom. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode of Executive Protection Lifestyle Podcast. This whole entire thing actually just started off as a Facebook group that blew up and is one of the fastest growing, if not the fastest growing executive protection uh, Facebook group online. So if you haven't joined the Facebook group, join the Facebook group. Uh, Follow us on Instagram and check us out at executiveprotectionlifestyle.com. If you want to find me, that's Byron Rogers Motivation. And I'm on all the social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook as well. So until the next podcast, y'all, stay sharp out there. And as I say it, one mind, many weapons. Talk soon. Out.